0: Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 104 of the podcast that was originally recorded on February 24th of 2016. Some of the games I played for the week, and there is a huge list of them. Zia Legends of drift System. Yes, we finally got this to the table. The Voyages of Marco Polo. A little bit of Bully on the PS2. Some of the Avatar. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And I joined the Tabletopia. And I talk about that as well. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe from what I'm playing now and welcome to episode 104 of the podcast. Hey, thanks for joining me here this evening. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm Playing Now at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G since Twitter doesn't let you have that long of a name. Look for our guild on Board Game Geek. You can just do a search for What I'm Playing Now under the guild section. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is pluscut.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm Playing Now podcast, and then, of course, our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Okay, I don't have any updates from the studio today, but let's jump into what I'm playing now. Okay, so some of the games I played for this week made it down to my local game store this past week on Thursday for my normal Board Game group, we got in a little bit of Zaya Legends of Adrift System. I was really stoked and excited to get this game in. I talked last week that I was actually spending quite a bit of time trying to learn the rules, and I did spend a lot of time reading through the rules, watching some videos, and I'm glad I actually found Cody Miller's videos up on YouTube, which actually answered one of the questions I really had about combat, which I'll discuss in a bit. And I had even gone out to Board Game Geek seemed that several people had posted into the the huge fact that they were actually trying to compile and it didn't seem like that question that I was looking for was really answered out there but in watching his video I picked up on a little sentence that he had said which pretty much answered it for me so I posted that out there in the game group so everybody could see that but um Zaya Legends of Adrift System great game the components in this game are I Completely top notch. I really wish I would have kickstarted this one. I don't really think there is too much of a difference between the actual game that I received, which I purchased, um, I believe, off of Amazon. I think it was, as well as uh, as opposed to those who purchased it off of Kickstarter. I don't know. I don't think there were any. Extra items that they possibly received that I didn't. I know there is one extra ship maybe that's out there that I didn't get. So I may have to try to get my hands on that one. But um, Legends of Die, Legends of Address System is kind of a sandbox game. And this is a different style of game for my game group. We normally don't play sandbox type games. We're usually into Euros, heavy Euros, um, maybe some Ameritrash, not really too much. I think my group normally tends to go more Euro and heavy Euro type of game style but this being um, more of a sandbox style game and I've talked about Elite Dangerous the one computer game before and Elite back on my Commodore 64 that I played years ago. This game is a perfect board game representation of that style of video game in that you are handed basically a universe that you can explore and you have tiles that you're going to flip over as your ships are you know exploring about the solar system that you have in front of you and it starts off with we were playing a four player game so there were four tiles there and as you go to the edge of a tile, you can do an explore action, which basically costs an energy, and you can then flip over another tile, and that's basically how, how the how the board game kind of gets built, just by you flying around and actually trying to just explore. The whole name of the game is uh, Fame Points, which are basically victory points, and at the beginning of the game, you can actually set up and, and pick and choose how long of a game you're going to play. We just played up, since it was our first time, we just played up to five Fame Points, which was a nice, I don't want to say it was a short game, because it still took us several hours to get through it. But it was, I think everybody really liked it. On your turn, you have three different phases that you're going to basically work through. The first one being the longest will be your action phase. And during your action phase, there are just so many different things you can do. A couple of the different actions you can take, you can basically do a move action. So to do a move action, you can do this in several different ways. You can use your engines to actually move. You can use your impulse token, which you can use once per turn. Your you, your ship can possibly have a special ability and each different ship does have special abilities. And one of the nice things about the game is that as you progress through the game and advance your ship and basically purchase a new ship and go up to the next level, which there are three different levels of ships right now, you actually get to keep the ability card from your previous ship. So by the time you work your way up to your level three type of ships, you will have ability cards from your first and second ship. So you'll have a total of three different abilities you can use on your turn during the round, which is really cool. I, I don't believe any of us had actually upgraded our ship in our in our four player game that we had played since we were only playing to five fame points. I think one guy was um, somebody was actually getting close to doing that in a turn or two as they did have enough money. But since we were playing to five, it was fairly easy to get to. So like I was saying, during your action phase, you can do a couple of different things. You can do your move actions. You can basically do an attack action, which we had some guy who basically built his ship out to be a pirate, and he attacked me, and luckily I built my ship to withstand attack and threw some shields on there which is really cool. I was really glad that it was It was really cool to see f- the four of us basically try to take all the different aspects of the game and just kind of do whatever we wanted to with it. And that's the nice and more interesting thing about this game being a sandbox style game is there are just so many different ways you can progress through the game to actually obtain the fame points that you're actually trying to get during the game to, to try to win it, that it's there's just just a multitude of different avenues that you can take. Um, also, during your action phase, you can do some Exploring, like I said, this is where you're basically going to move to the edge of a tile. If you want to just basically blind blindly jump onto the next tile, you can do that. But there's a chance that you can possibly take some damage, or, or if you flip over Zaya the Sun, you could even die. Although death really isn't the be-all, end-all in this game for you, you will respawn basically... After losing one turn, the game the, the game will go around, everybody will basically get an extra turn, they'll skip you for one turn, and then the next time it comes back to you, you'll actually get to place your ship back out onto the table. So even, even if you do die in this game, if somebody does shoot you, if they are playing a pirate, and they and they are able to cause enough, enough damage to your ship to actually destroy it, you do get to make, make your way back into the game so you're not knocked out and then just sitting there watching everybody else play for the next couple of hours. There's also mission cards that you can obtain on the board. And through doing the exploring phase, there's actually exploration um, tokens on the board that you can land on. And as long as you move over one of these tokens, you flip it over, there could either be a red X there, um, a thousand gold, or you could get a fame point there. So once again, like I was saying, there are just so many different ways to obtain fame points. You can get fame points from doing the exploration. Flipping over that exploration tile, you can get fame fame points for destroying another ship. You can get you can purchase fame points. I believe you can spend five thousand gold to purchase a fame point. Every time you upgrade your ship to the next level, you'll get a fame point. Finishing missions will get you fame points. There's also I believe a few other ways that you can get fame points. So there's like I said, this is a sandbox game. So in a way, it really reminds me of of a video game. Like I said at the beginning of the conversation here, it's a, kind of like a video game that they've turned into a board game, and it plays very well. So one of the other phases that you can do after your a very lengthy action phase. The the action phase for us is the one that mainly took the most amount of time because there are just so many different things that you can do during the during that phase. You can have a business phase. You can only do your business phase though if you are on a planet. And doing a business phase basically is where you can repair your ship, you can buy a ship, you can sell or outfit um, different, uh, different components from your ship. You can actually recharge all your energy for free, which is a very nice thing to do. Uh, energy is something that each, has a limited resource of and as you do all of the different moves if you use your engines or use your guns weapons or your shields to basically be able to accomplish those tasks you're going to need to move little markers over onto the different components Um, that are on your ship and then to be able to remove those off and make sure that those items are what they what's referred to as armed again basically that you're going to be able to reuse those you have to spend your energy so energy is something that each ship has a has a limited resource of and you're going to want to head off to a planet on occasion to actually recharge your ship's energy so you can actually continue doing those actions if not the only thing you're pretty much going to be able to do on your turn is use your impulse engines to actually do movement and that's going to severely limit what you're going to be able to do on a turn if you are basically out there stranded out of energy somebody can also fly by they can give you two energy if they have the extra energy and they'll actually get a fame point for that so that's another way that you can actually get fame points from. So there, there, like I said, there's just so many different ways. But um, we were talking about the business phase here. If you're not on a planet, you're basically going to skip your business phase. But being on the planet, you can do basically a lot of those things that I had stated before. Um, and then basically you go into your status phase. And the status phase is probably one of the one of the shorter phases because this is basically where you're going to refresh your tokens, flip over your impulse token. You can take a title card. If somebody has reached a point on the on the score track, that let you flip one of the title cards over during this phase. So basically the status phase is kind of like the cleanup phase for the game. But there's, there's so much that's, that's going on during the game on a particular turn. You really just have to pay attention to everything. There were a couple of times when we were playing where I actually forgot to use my ability card for my ship, and there were a couple of times where I really wish I would have. There was another time where I had a mission card, and I was actually near the planet where I could have purchased some, some actual trade cubes and then taken them to another location, and I forgot that I had that card and needed those cubes and didn't purchase those. And so I, I missed out on basically finishing that mission, which you can, you know, get some additional coin and gold for for completing missions. And so, so, like I was saying, there's just a lot that you can do during the game. And not only that, the tiles themselves, there's a lot of different interactions you can have with the tiles. There's asteroid fields you're gonna run into. There's debris fields. There's jump bait, jump gates that you can go through. The first person to go through one of the jump gates, I believe you get a fame point for that as well. Like I said, this is basically a, a true sandbox game, which, considering my group is so much into the heavy Euros and we normally don't play a game like this, it was really, really nice, super enjoyable to get a game like this to the table. Some of the questions I had well, I was actually reading through the rules. The first time I had played through the game, I was basically spending my armed marker, my armed tokens, which are normally put on the actual individual components of your. Of your ship to actually use a different component on your ship. I was actually spending those for a lot of the different actions in the game, and you don't have to do that. I found out. So, in watching a couple of videos, if you're on a, if you're in an asteroid belt and there's or or debris field, and there's actually mining or or a, a square on the actual board that you can actually roll a twenty-sided die to maybe accomplish something, you can do that multiple times as long as you basically can withstand the damage that you can that that can come your way from rolling between a normal one and a 10. Most of the rolls on the game are going to be on a 20-sided die and a lot of the rolls are going to be anything between a 1 and a 10. You're going to basically take that much damage on your ship and then if you get basically an 11 to 20 a lot of times you'll succeed. There are other differing pieces in the game where you're going to where that's going to change and that window may be smaller or larger either way or there could be a couple of different pieces in that in that type of roll but a lot of times that's the type of roll that you're making in this game and it it actually does make it pretty cool. One other way you can get a fame point that I just thought of in talking about that 20-sided die, if you roll a natural 20 on that 20-sided die before adding in any modifiers, you get a fame point. So this game is always giving you fame points for everything. So we, like I said, we only played to five because we were basically trying to learn the game. We also didn't play with NPCs, which I'd really like to try to actually play with the NPCs next time to see how we interact with them and how they interact with us. But everybody had a really good time. I think there were a couple of us that enjoyed the game a little more than others, but even a couple of the guys who prefer the heavy Euros they both enjoyed it as well so I was really happy but What I wanted to get back to a few minutes ago was I was talking about a couple of things that confused me when I was going through some of the rules. The first thing was moving the tokens and basically what was spending energy on. And once I got that cleared up, the game made much more sense. One of the other items I had gone out to Board Game Geek for was trying to figure out how combat worked, especially if you're on a planet. And I was reading through a lot of different posts, because this game's been out for well over a year now, and it seems like there's been some lengthy discussions on combat, especially in planets. And in watching Cody Miller's video where he actually played through a game with three different opponents, basically where he was controlling all of them, he had mentioned in that video, and I can't remember, I put it up on the BoardGameGeek, so if you go look on the forums, you can actually find a link to the video, and I actually put the timestamp out there as well. I think it was right around the 12 to 14 minute mark is where he stated this, where he basically said that if, that if you're on a planet and you want to attack somebody, or if somebody's on a planet and you want to attack them, you need to be on the planet as well. So it sounds like planetary combat within a planet is a viable way to attack somebody, which I was kind of thinking as far as the game kind of went I wasn't too sure if you'd be able to do that or not and I was kind of torn as to how we wanted to handle this and after playing this a couple of times we'll see if it's if that seems fair or if we're going to maybe make a house rule where maybe planets are safe or if you're actually on a planet where it's actually a good planet because there's actually three levels of different planets. there's a, there's kind of a planets that are basically good neutral and then then you have your pirate planets like your evil planets. so I figure if you're on possibly like a good planet and you attack somebody else to me you should basically get a bounty on your your head, even if you don't destroy them, pretty much immediately. It would it'd be nice if there would be a little bit more granularity in combat style when you're dealing with the different types of planets. I mean, if you attack somebody on one of the evil, one of the pirate planets, I could see you not getting a bounty, although I believe the minute you enter a planet that is of that nature. That's a pirate planet. You get a bounty on your head immediately. But maybe if you attack somebody, you get an extra thousand thrown onto onto you and make bounty on your head a little bit bigger, which maybe make you maybe make it a little bit more enticing for others to attack you. So I think there's a lot that could be changed with the game. And it seems like there's a lot of people that do a lot of different house rules out there for this game, I've noticed. So I want to play through the game a couple of more times with just the base rules before we actually throw in any sort of house rolling like that. But besides those few couple of things, I think the rulebook was pretty well written. And once I got, a, like I said, once I got a better understanding of how the energy worked and how the token movement went around, it was a really easy game to pick up. It didn't take me that long to explain to everybody. I pretty much gave them a quick, probably five, ten minute rundown of the game and a lot of the different things they can do. And then as we were going through our different turns, I was referring to the book since it was the first time, probably quite a bit, but we were able to answer everything pretty quickly and everybody was pretty comfortable with, with what they could all do after playing basically one one action phase uh, because everybody was able to accomplish a lot of the different things during the action phase or see somebody else do it. So if you've never played Xayah Legends of a Drift System, definitely, definitely check this game out. This game is probably one of my more favorite games that I've played recently. Great game, definitely at the top of my charts right now, and I cannot wait for this one to get to the table again. So after we were done with our little five fame point playthrough of Zaya we jumped over and played some Voyages of Marco Polo, I won't go into too much detail on this game since I've actually talked about this before on the podcast, but I'll give a quick rundown of basically what The Voyages of Marco Polo is. It's basically... Dice Worker Placement Game. So on your turn, you're going to have, I believe you're going to start off with five different dice. You will roll those dice, set those up at the top of your tableau, kind of like your little player board that you have in front of you. And then on your turn, you're going to use those dice to actually do different actions. And you're almost going to spend the dice to perform the action. So the higher the dice, the the higher the dice that you roll, you're going to be able to basically maybe obtain more resources, obtain more gold, or do a few more things with those dice as opposed to when when you're rolling lower. The interesting thing about this game is that when somebody uses an action on the board, somebody else can then go through and use that same action. But depending on the dice that they use and put on top of the dice already there, they have to spend that much gold to be able to take that action. So while you can't really block out your opponent per se, you can cause them to basically burn through their gold much faster if you take over a space earlier. So the game's a pretty cool game. There's a lot of different things going on in the game. I want to say maybe there's a little bit of possible area control in the game as well because you do have a part of the game board where you do have a little meeple that you're moving around. You're given two cards at the beginning of the game which show a couple of different locations that you need to visit through the game or throughout the game to actually obtain some more victory points. And of course the game of The Voyages of Marco Polo being a worker placement game is victory points is the be all end all goal. I came in second in this one only by one point I lost. I was so bummed and I actually had an interesting ability card that was given to me at the beginning of the game. Each person is given a different ability card that gives them a different a possible different bonus or a different action that they can do on their turn. Mine was actually a very interesting one and it's one that people say are very st- is a very strong card that I took and I was actually able to basically put my die put my dice to any die side on my turn rather than roll them so if i wanted to have all sixes in front of me i could basically do that with my dice and it was it was kind of interesting because there is one spot on the board where you have to play a great where it's greater than to actually obtain some resources and some gold during the turn and i a couple of people like one person put down a one there one person put down a two and then i threw down a six which everybody said was kind of kind of a wrong move to do but everybody said it's legitimate so a couple of people grumbled at me for doing it but there there was really nothing that they could say because they could do the same thing as well but i think i only did that once during the game and i kind of just laughed and then i said okay i won't do that anymore but it's it's a very interesting game the dice add a really nice random component to the game so if you're if you really dislike dice and aren't too too much of a fan into the randomness it's this game definitely might not be up your alley but it's it's really interesting having the dice and the way you can spend the dice. And like I said, I pretty much concentrated on fulfilling these order cards that you could obtain, where you're basically getting resources on your turn. And then if you can fill fulfill an order, you'll get so much gold and so many victory points for that. And that was pretty much what got me into second place. And I was so bummed that I was just out of it by that I was just lost by one point there. I should have done a recount on some things, but I didn't. But I was I was really happy to just be that high in the game. As it was, I think that's only the second or third time I've played it, and then it's been many, many months since I've actually played this game. So I was I was just really happy to be able to perform that well in that particular game. So that's the Voyages of Marco Polo. We're going to jump over to a couple of video games now. I continued playing Bully a little bit on the PS2 this past week, and then I kind of stopped midweek and playing it. I'm not really too sure when I'm going to revisit Bully again, but I was actually fumbling around with the map, and I figured out how you can actually zoom in and zoom out of the map, but it seems like you can, they only give you an a map that kind of shows you a larger area and not like zoomed into possibly the different locations you can go into so you can't necessarily see inside the school when you're in the school classroom area to actually see what classroom you need to go to or where your classroom's at it just shows you here's kind of like the school building where all your classes are and there's a big x over it or something there that you know you have something to do there so i still had a little bit of trouble finding a couple of different things in that game also it's very easy to fail in a mission and then i was basically having to reload um, which just took a little bit more time than I really wanted to spend on the PS2, and I was I had forgot about some of these things from that era of gaming. But I may revisit um Bully again late or bully again sometime soon. Um, but there's a couple other games that I just got into this past week that kind of took up a lot of my time. One of those being Shroud of the Avatar, I spent more time in that game. We joined a new guild. I don't think I had mentioned that last week because I don't think I was part of the guild last week. I think that was something that we had just done this week. I got my character up, I think, to level thirty, which I was really happy about and leveling seems to be pretty going pretty well for my mage. I'm able to I was talking to a couple of different guys in the guild and I went from wearing cloth to chainmail because they said there really isn't that much of a hindrance to wearing the chainmail to where it's going to penalize your spells from being cast. Um, Like if you were wearing plate, there's a bigger hit that you can take to actually fizz the fizzle amount that you can take from casting some spells. So I threw on chainmail. Still found that um, when I got a couple of mobs around me, especially if they were maybe my level or a level above me, couldn't handle that. I needed to stick to things that were pretty much maybe a little bit below me or right at my level. If I wanted to try to just burn things down with my fire, I added in some of the death magic that did seem to help kind of a little bit, but not greatly. I was a little disappointed. I thought it was going to help out a little bit more. Was still trying to heal myself between my heals and then some of my death magic to get some of my health back. And a couple of times it just died and just couldn't handle the DPS that was coming in at me. So... Still spending some time with Shroud of the Avatar, but then the big winner, I think, for the week, as far as my time went, would probably be The Witcher 3. I'm over 40 hours into the game, probably 40-some hours. I can't remember what my total hour hours into the game was. Spent quite a bit of time with that over the weekend, played it a couple of times this past, during the past week as well in the evenings. I can't say enough good things about The Witcher 3. The Witcher 3 is basically a sandbox game, so it kind of, you know, goes back to Zia. and I think that those are just a style of game that I just really enjoy. And after playing Fallout 4 for so long, I've noticed that Fallout 4 basically dug its hooks into me pretty much right off the bat. I kind of noticed. It was pretty much immediately I just really started enjoying Fallout 4 and just didn't want to stop playing it. Whereas kind of like the the itch and the burn to kind of play the witcher 3 has just been a slow a slow one that just kind of sunk its teeth and dug its claws into me just nice and slowly over time and the more i play it it's a game i just want to play that much more the storyline and and just trying to see what's going on with the characters and just playing through some of the stuff and like i like i've mentioned in a couple other podcasts i'm going through and doing quests i'm trying to make sure that i don't fall into what i did with elder scrolls skyrim whereas every time i saw a quest. I just grabbed it. I'm trying to keep my quests limited. And if I see something that I'm kind of interested in, I'll stop and do it. But I try not to stop and do every side quest and pick up every quest that has, you know, every NPC that has an exclamation point over their head. I did find out a very neat way to make gold was I went to one of the, I I made it my way to one of the bigger cities within the game and actually found somebody who will exchange gold. And from playing the game from the beginning, there were various types of gold I had that could be exchanged in. And I went from having 100 to 200 gold and kind of scrounging around money to having like over 2500 gold instantly and then finally being able to upgrade my armor my weapons and keeping everything up more to my level which I hadn't been doing for quite a while I was either upgrading my armor or my weapon never both at the same time and once I got that much inflow of cash I was able to just start going on a purchasing spree and just buying everything from all the different vendors and starting to craft things and Although there are a couple of recipes I found that are in the 20s and 30s, and I think I'm only level 15 right now. I can't wait to get some of these better weapons that you know you can play with, but The Witcher 3 is just a spectacular game. I can really see why this game really got so much praise at the end of the year from a lot of different websites, why it was at the top of a lot of people's lists. I know there's a couple of websites that said it wasn't the greatest game, and some people started playing it and then stopped. This is a game that has, like I said, it was just a slow realization that there's just so much to do in this game, and there's so many different ways you can go about doing it, and I think the biggest thing I like the most is just the story. The characters are just... Great characters that you really just want to see what happens to them next. Sitting here watching through a lot of the cutscenes, it's almost like I'm just watching a television show and I'm just feeling like I'm I'm really engaged and I'm, I feel like I'm I'm just pulled into their world and I really want to see what happens to this character next. So, if you haven't played Witcher 3 next, definitely pick it up. And I've been torn as far as which, t- which DLC I want to get. I was thinking about picking up the Fallout 4 DLC, but the more I'm playing the Witcher 3, I may get the Witcher 3 Fall DLC instead definitely going to try to get to the end of The Witcher 3 before I make this decision. I want to try to put in the 100 hours like I did with Fallout 4 to actually see if it has the legs that it has and see if it actually has the staying power because I really enjoyed Fallout 4 while I was playing it up until maybe the last 10 or 15 hours where the story just kind of fell apart for me. So as long as the story in The Witcher 3 holds up, I've gotten combat down to, I've gotten combat down really good lately. And even boxing, I'm having a lot of fun with going around and getting in different boxing matches with characters and NPCs in the game. So just having a lot of fun with The Witcher 3. And probably once I'm done with this podcast tonight, that'll be the game I load up tonight and probably go play. And then one other last little game that I played around with this past weekend, I actually joined Tabletopia. Now for those of you who aren't familiar with it, Tabletopia is an online game service that's basically in beta. It was kickstarted several months ago. I think it was possibly before Thanksgiving. Maybe in November is when it was. And I had purchased so many games during that time. I didn't kickstart it back then, but it's been at the top of my kind of want-to-do list. So since I've been kind of controlling my purchasing the past two months here, I looked at the wife and I said, I think I'm going to join this. She said, go for it. I got the thumbs up. So I started playing around with Tabletopia. And so far, I've just kind of played around with a couple of solo games myself. I haven't really been able to get in and schedule some games and meet with a bunch of different people, but hopefully that's going to be happening soon. But I will say the the interface so far to Tabletopia is spectacular. They created this in such a way it really feels like you're playing a tabletop game. One of the games I actually spent some time with this weekend after watching a run through of Rottos, I played a game called Role Player. This is a game where you're actually using dice to kind of create a role-playing character and you're trying to basically max out that character's attributes through dice through the game. And you can also get different skills and abilities and attributes and purchase different items during the game as well. It's a, It looked like a really, really cool board game. So I was kind of really stoked to see that it was on Tabletopia. So I kind of sat down, did a solo playthrough of that And I really felt like I was actually playing the game. It really doesn't feel much different other than you don't get that tactile feel of rolling the dice on your turn. But as far as being able to move the cards around and being able to just manipulate the whole board game and everything it was it was a great layout I really can't wait to actually spend a little bit of time with this hopefully with my wife I actually went for a gold account so I got my gold account for six months which I have a feeling I'm going to use here hopefully this weekend we're going to try to get some gaming in and see and see and spend a little bit more time with it but if you haven't checked out Tabletopia definitely give it a look and see if it's something you'd be interested in especially if you possibly can't make it down to a local game group or people coming over to your house or you know if you don't have a game group to play on on a weekly basis this is something that could possibly substitute for that and the couple hundred games that they actually have out there right now there are actually some really good games out there like I was mentioning role player one of the other games I really can't wait to spend some time with is scythe I really want to be able to play that a couple a couple of times before I actually get my hands on the kickstarter since I did kickstart that one so tabletopia definitely getting a thumbs up from me so far I have a feeling that I'm going to be spending quite a bit of time on there and hopefully going to be able to get to meet some really nice people so that's it for the week Wow, that was a lot. I actually played some good games this past week, and I had some good games coming up this next week as well, especially since I'm going to be playing some Pathfinder Adventure Card Game on Sunday. Since this past Sunday, we actually had to skip it because a couple of people had things going on, so we had to bump it out a week. So I will be talking about that next week. One of the other things I'm actually looking at is Patchwork was just released from Uwe Rosenberg. That's his little Patchwork board game. It's actually out on Android and iOS now. I believe the price on Android was $2.99 as I was looking at it before I started the podcast. I may have to pick this game up because my wife and I really like that, and I think having a digital version of Patchwork could actually be pretty good. I'm going to have to look and see how some of the reviews are on the game. It just came out today, I believe. I saw several people tweeting about it on Twitter, so I'm going to have to look at that one. One of the other things I could suggest that you go and do and play right now, or basically pick up right now, Humble Bundle is actually having a Paizo book bundle right now, and you can get a huge assortment of Pathfinder books. I was able to pick up the the biggest a lot I basically the biggest you know amount of books I basically pledged for that you know split the money you know between the different ways you can do that I believe they're saying it's around three hundred and fifty dollars worth of books if you if you're a Pathfinder fan and you want PDFs of some of these books to be able to have with you anywhere now is the time to jump on this you're actually doing it for a good cause you can give the money to charity as well as giving some to Paizo for you know doing something like this i couldn't believe when i actually saw this on facebook and i actually got an email from Pi, from humble bundle actually in regards to them releasing this one and basically when i got home i jumped on this immediately and and was i just couldn't pass this one up so if you play pathfinder you want PDFs of the pathfinder books. Now is the time to go get them. Look out in Humble Bundle. You'll find the Paizo Bundle out there. Grab that. Definitely something worthwhile. And then at the beginning of the week, one of the other things that I will probably be pre-ordering is the Viticulture More Visitors expansion. Jamie Stegmeyer actually announced that he is releasing a 40-card set, which is an expansion, I believe it's 40 cards, is going to be an expansion to Viticulture. It's basically going to be basically more visitors. So a lot of the cards look really cool. I really can't wait to see this one come out. He's actually doing a pre-order from most of the online places, or there's even some local game stores you're able to pre-order this from if they actually purchase, I'm guessing, directly from, from Stonemeyer Games. So I will be ordering this one. I believe it's retailing for around $15 for these cards. I think it's going to be a really cool addition to Viticulture. And for as much as my wife and I love Viticulture, this is definitely going to be something that we're not going to be able to pass up. So it's going to be at the top of my want-to-buy list and probably want-to-try list and play with now as well. So that's it. Those are the games I played for the week, and those are the games I want to play in the future. As always, send me some email and let me know what you're playing now. Send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. You can also look for us on Board Game Geek in our guild, what I'm playing now. On Facebook, do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus pages, plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast then of course our twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now hey everybody I would like to thank you for joining me for this episode of what I'm playing now I'll be back next week with some more great games played and as always go play some games and don't forget to let me know what you're playing now have a great week everybody bye-bye